Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's a vibe with five, vibe with five, and you already know this. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Vibe with Five. Now, I know you're wondering, Joe, hang on a minute, why have you got the shades on? Because it's still on, people. It's still on. I was saying to Ashley Williams yesterday, all I need is for Man City to draw against Brighton, for Brighton to do the job at their ground, and for Brentford to do what they have to do. And I'm telling you, bro, it could still be on. It's still on. I've got the faith. I've got the belief. Joe Bayer, Stephen Housen, Rio Ferdinand looking like wet fish after West Ham slapped him up and down the park. And uh, yeah, man, we're here. We're here. Vibes. It was Upton Park last time you won a league, mate. <laughs> it was. It really was. Talk to me. No, you know what? Let's start with the Arsenal segment first because I think we deserve to be spoken of highly. Rio, mm. do you remember when Stephen Housen was saying, oh man, when you play Newcastle, you guys are going to suffer an L. It's not going to be easy. You didn't think we were going to get three points, but guess what? We've done it, baby. We've done it. No, you've you, you done well, man. I mean, listen, after obviously the first few minutes where I think Newcastle hit the post and they should have had a penalty. Um, but then stuff happens. Stuff happens in games. You guys rode a little bit of luck, which you need. And to be fair, man, you look, you grew into the game. And Odegaard, who's been your player of the season, was he comes up trumps again. I think he done a couple of bits in that first half that was just like, oh, different level. Uh, but he's, um, I think Mikel Arteta would have been so pleased with the way that you guys have recovered after the game at the Etihad. You lot got dismantled, destroyed, dispatched, whatever you want to call it at Etihad. Morale was down. The shades were off, Joe. You were on your knees. and But I'm glad that the Arsenal team don't show the same traits as Joe, that he's just so... He's easy to be put on his knees and fall away. Do you know what I mean? If they're anything like you, Joe, they've been, they've been struggling to get top four now after a couple of defeats. But listen, they made a better stuff and they've, they've done well. And, and listen, St. James's right now is an absolute hotbed of football. It's when you go in that stadium now before a game, the form that they're in, it's, a, it's fireworks going off in there. It's crazy atmosphere. It's, it's, when it's not, a, when they're not even playing well, it's a hard place to go. But when they're doing well, that crowd get behind them and it's, it makes it a hard place to go to. And your boys, Arsenal, listen, I, I, I would have backed them if I was a betting man. I would have backed Newcastle in that game and a, and a, or a draw yesterday, 100%. He backed Newcastle and he came off wrong. No, I would have, I would have. I, I would have, though. But I don't think it would have been wild. It wouldn't have been a wild bet. I just think based on the form that Newcastle are in, after what happened to your boys against New, uh, the, 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 the month they've had, really, last four or five games, I just thought Newcastle would be too strong. I think the, the crowd would be a big factor. But you managed all of those aspects. And you come away with the three points, and deservedly so. Yeah, because I think there's a there's an element in it where you, you you believe in Arsenal, but you don't quite believe in us. That's what I think because the table will tell you the team that's been top of the league for what was it, Steve? You said the stat last last week ninety one percent of the like time. Ninety three percent of the league. Cool. You know, if we are gonna get beat, 
if we are going to struggle, it's definitely going to be against Man City. Yeah, we had a few hiccups here and there, but, you know, against Newcastle, if you saw when we played them in December, um, they were tough to beat, man, when they came to the Emirates. We didn't beat them, we drew. But we went up to St. James's Park and we did the same thing. We were nasty. We bullied them. We were horrible. We sat down Deneo, right, brought in Jorginho, and I'll tell you what, Odegaard was tops, but so was he, man. Like, did you see it yesterday? Did you see him covering the ground, linking up, ticka-tacka? It was amazing to see, man. Go on, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. He's a madman, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, listen, Joel, I just can't believe you've come with this energy today. I don't, like, I, you got no shame. You got no shame. I want the people in the comments to talk to him because you got no shame. You was on your knees. You could barely talk last week. Yeah. Uh, almost Arteta out. You were borderline Arteta out again. No, 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 don't always too high, always <laughs> too low. Never just even keel. Listen, great result beating Newcastle. It was a great result. Hell of a place to go to. A lot more of an even game than 2-0 suggested, I thought. If they'd had better finishing, well, you can pull your face, but XG, they won. So, you know, that tells you that it's an even game. You've got to put the chances away. Same as United-West Ham. United against West Ham, we had the opportunities. We had plenty of opportunities. We didn't put them away. We're still on the Arsenal section, mate. But, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It, it, it was uh, it was a tight game. Apparently, Tom and uh, Archie, who who they work with us at five, they said that uh, the journey home on the train, Arsenal fans buzzing, man. Like there is a belief, there is a hope. Mikel Arteta said it. Why are people acting as if it's gone? It's not gone. There's still games to go. I messaged Ashley Williams full time yesterday, and I said, "All I need is a result from Brighton and Brentford." Yeah, and I just need to win the lottery every Friday, and I'll be all right. <laughs> So you guys reckon it's done? Joe, I reckon there'll be there's a couple of twists. There's a twist or, or two still left, I think. But I don't think there'll mm. be enough for you two guys to go and win it. I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, a brother can still hope. But can I just reiterate one thing, Joe? Can I just reiterate one thing? Arsenal, mm. as much as I banter you and I banter Arsenal fans and that, you, what you lot have done this season has been nothing short of amazing because where you've come from and you've given this team, this juggernaut of a team, uh, a running for the for the for, for the title for the whole of the season, you have to go. You know what? Remarkable stuff from Arsenal. So as much as we like to ban you, it's just you fans. You get like C said, you're too high when you win, you're too low when you've had a bad result. That even kill, and we wouldn't probably be in this position bantering you. So what I think you should do, out of respect for your Arsenal teams, Mikel Arteta wouldn't like it. Take the shades off and relax yourself. The shades are staying yeah. on for the Arsenal section. Take the shades for um, the City Parade. <clears throat> No, they're staying on, and I, I'll be honest with you. The thing is, right, if you'd have dropped points yesterday, it was over. So you can't just come with the energy that you've come today. Why not? I'm my happy. Team, my team's still not in it. Yet. My team's still in it. It's not over yet. We're going all the way to the end. Well, that doesn't mean it. Sunglasses <clears> time. <throat> it does because sometimes the players watch what we do, and they the encouragement. They need to know that the fans are on their side. You know. Well, your, your Arsenal fan base need to realise, you just said something really important there, that the Arsenal players, the Arsenal hierarchy, the Arsenal staff, mm -hmm. watch mm -hmm. what you guys say. Yes. So when you're low, 
and you're shouting Mikel Arteta out, and you're shouting for Nketiah not to be the man. We you're ain't shouting done that. and saying that Saka needs to come out because he's tired, and you're saying that Partey's at a party this weekend and he's not really on song. You got to realise your boys are watching. Yeah, they are, and I want to give a massive shout <laughs> to the watching Odegaard. He's now scored 15 non-penalty goals in the Premier League. <laughs> More than any other midfielder. Um, what are you talking Martinelli. about, you saucy? Martinelli, 15-plus goals as well this season. That's the first time we've had two players on 15-plus goals for a minute, bruv. You know, like, right. the players this are confident. Aaron Ramsdale, Yesterday, I saw one of your saying that no other midfielder has ever scored 15 goals. This is your fan base in a nutshell. Yeah, well, I'm reading out the stats, bro. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, wrong, I mean, Melon. David, listen... Aaron Ramsdale, who has been top class, better than you lot's keeper, by the way, top class the whole season. I, I want to go as far as saying I predict that when Aaron Ramsdale finishes his career, he would have had a better Premier League career than David De Gea. Wow. We talk about wow. too many highs. Too wow. Many David De Gea is the perfect example of a goalkeeper with too many highs. When the highs are high, they're high. When the lows are low, they are low. How many Premier Leagues has he won? That's the life of a goalkeeper, One. Though. One. He's won one Premier League. Yeah. It was with um, Sir Alex, isn't it? Last one with you, right? Yeah. How many, cha- how many How many? UEFA Cups has he won? He's got one. one. Yeah. Has he got an FA Cup as well? Uh, yeah, he's got He's got one. Yeah, he Probably won, got a Carabao um, Cup in there. He's done the, he's done the clean sweep yeah. on, on domestically, okay. yeah? All right. But, uh, but All right. Ramsdale's still pretty fair to say he's still in early stages in his career, right? He's probably got another 10 years left, right? So we'll he's do this podcast. Ramsdale, at this stage, you're saying that. And listen, I think Ramsdale's been tremendous this year. Again, mm-hmm. another one has come on leaps and bounds, yeah? Mm-hmm. Has he got two or three relegations under his belt so far? Yeah, sometimes sometimes it goes like that. No, <laughs> I'm just asking you. I'm just asking you, has he? I think it's... Is it one? One? Is it two? One or two, maybe? All right. Whatever. But what I mean, yeah, just check that out. But I was just saying, right, just like, you're making you're making big, wild statements again. You're, you're but, starting, but, you've done it before with Saliba. Too early, but, too quick. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You've seen him this season. You're telling me he's not England's number one. Yesterday, him versus Pope. People were watching, man. That was the fight for the shirt yesterday. No, 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 no. You're changing the argument. Right. You said he's going to have a better career than De Gea. By the end of both of their careers, Rio, by the end of both of their careers, I bet you, I guarantee you, don't care what way your bet goes, Aaron Ramsdale will have a better career than David De Gea. He's not going to be known. The thing with David De Gea, great shot stopper, but you can't go your career. Like, he's going to be remembered like Barthez. You played with Barthez. Wicked, World Cup 98. Wicked, Euro 2000. Wicked when he's playing. But sometimes it's the lapse of concentration. You're like, Madman, bro. What is he on? Agreed or disagreed? Bartis was a top keeper, mate. Maybe not, maybe in his time at Man United, he was getting the last stages of his career, but what he's achieved in his career. That, you can't go, oh, there's a snapshot in his career, um, a little window, say, say it's one season, and that's going to take over the entirety of his career. You can't say that. My man won the World Cup and the, and the Euros, I think, if he did. Yeah, he did. He and, did. He won the World Cup and the Euros. He did. And... You're going to say because he had a bad patch at Man United that the geezer's not being recognised as a fucking top goalkeeper. No, no, I can't no, understand no. it. He's got too many highs and lows. Like Bartes, I give him that. Bartes, he's great greatness. Do you know what I mean? Great things. He actually played in the in a mostly successful Man United team. But David De Gea, David De Gea, too many highs and lows in my opinion, man. Like honestly, 
He had a okay. This season, he's made mistakes. He's made four mistakes leading to goals. The most in the season with Lloris. Yeah, that's not good, right? Where is he in the Golden Glove? Is he is, how many, in terms of clean most sheets? Most clean sheets, fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, this season. most clean sheets. Yeah, so that's a that's a, 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 a like that, right? But the Geese has won the, pre- the Player of the uh, Year at Man United. I think it's five well, that's times. Clubs been at club, the club's been at disarray since Alex went. That's why. No, no. no but just, what does that tell you? He's got to have been the best. Before. He's got to have been performing. He's got to have been playing tip top football. Low. The bar's low because from the time your goalkeeper's getting it, then there's obviously serious issues. The bar's been low. You've got to perform, mate. He's been asked to perform. He's been asked to stop shots when he was when he's getting player of the year. It's telling you he, if the bar's low around him, he's he's keeping a high bar to keep ball out of the net to be recognised as, as as player of the year. You've got to be going some as a goalkeeper to win player of the year. Sunday football, let alone Premier League. Says something about your team. If my goalkeeper's winning, we're not talking about the team. We're talking about it, individuals. It because because when you like you you not only do you have to be the best goalkeeper, right? But if you look at his position in general, would you say throughout those years that he won best stop shot, best shot stopper? He was one of the best players in the league overall. Would you? Well, it's Man United's best player that season. He wins it. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Man United's bar's been low, bro. I can't I can't, oh. can't sit there and have that argument. Go on, Steve. Dyer was goalkeeper of the year when we won the league in 2013. He was player of the year when we won the FA Cup. He's been player of the year or he's been in the team of the year when Manchester United have won stuff. So don't come with a guy that's having a very good season and start just... This is Arsenal fans in a nutshell. Like, let me just try and compare something to United and let's make an outlandish statement. Let's talk to Man United. Let me take my shades off for this one. I want to see you guys. I don't know, man. I, I was there yesterday. I, I listened to Ten Hag's comments after he said that we thought we played well and and we weren't clinical. I think that's he, he. I didn't think we played particularly well. I thought we got bullied at times at the back. Um, Antonio caused a lot of problems. Um, Paqueta and Declan Rice absolutely ran the show at times and, and broke things up and played really well. Um, they they were just they were their front three were lively. We couldn't really handle him as much. <clears throat> I just think the biggest problem for us is if Marcus Rashford don't score, we don't look likely to score a goal. I think we were we were a bit toothless up front. We we had a couple of opportunities, not clean cut shot opportunities, but shot opportunities you think we could maybe have done better with maybe at times. But we just haven't got that clinical edge about us at the moment. If you haven't got that, um, you're going to struggle to stay in games. Um, I've just had a lot of shit on my video for the fan channel last night because it was headlined others to blame uh, and a picture of De Gea um, which is a problem when there's a 10 minute video and it gets headlined by something that's quite definitive like that <clears throat> but the point I was trying to make on that was yeah I think De Gea's got to save that shot um, it's weird how it gets characterised as a mistake rather than just you know a poor save I thought that was strange uh, and he should have saved it. People obviously not getting the context of that. But United were nilled. And we've been nilled four out of the last six games, something in that sort of area. That shows you we're not scoring enough goals. We only managed to score one against Villa. We scored a couple against Tottenham, but it wasn't enough because we crumbled. And you just think, if you don't score goals, you can't win games. You can obviously draw and not lose, but we're not scoring enough goals. And we're starting games really well. I thought we started really bright. I thought we got at them. We was creating chances. And it just feels like a matter of time before you're going to score. Then half-time comes 
And then I don't know what they're doing at half time, but whatever it is, isn't working because they're coming out in the second half and just folding. Yeah. And it's weird to see. And it's weird the contrast between almost flawless home form and horrendous away form. Like, real, did you ever experience anything like that where your home form was so good and your away form so bad? And what do you think they're doing behind the scenes looking at this now? Because I'm sure they're going to look at the data. Oh, away from home, we've got less passes. We have the ball maybe further back. We don't create as many shots. But is that the cause or is that the effect? Like, I, think, really I, think, I, think, I think it breeds a nervousness. I think it, there's no doubt in my mind that the, the guys listen to the data, see the data, see the stats, and will understand that away from home, their form has been abysmal, really. And they'll understand that. Nervousness creeps in 100%. It creeps in because... You, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, just get us one win and just stop the rut and, and make things right on the, uh, in our away form. So you end up playing games. They, they end up becoming tight. You become tighter in, in, in the way that you approach it. They might start the game first 15 minutes all buzzing, but if you, they don't get the early goal or they don't get to settle themselves down with that, then you'd see a sense of edginess. And that's what I said in the group last night. That's where I think Martinez has been a massive miss for us because I think his energy, his calmness on the ball the way he takes the ball in any circumstances and finds a way through the team into another person, a, a great way to pass. And I think he's the, he's the person that starts and dictates the tempo in this team from the back and the way we play. And I think he's been, and forget his defensive part of his game, but just that part alone, we don't look as composed or comfortable when we've got the ball to be able to edge ourselves into games, especially in away moments where that control is so much needed to quieten the crowd, to take the impetus out of the other team. And again, like giving the ball away or, or the, not being, to, being able to hold the ball for long enough periods of time gives the opposition opportunities and chances to really get at you and hurt you and to throw you into mistakes. And that's what happened with the goal yesterday. We miss out on two challenges in the middle of the pitch with, with Shaw. He runs through. He hits it early. We spoke about this on BT yesterday. Hit it early. When you're told as a kid, hit it early so the keeper can't set. And if you watch De Gea, at no point in that sequence and that run of events to the goal, did he ever set his feet, plant his feet and stay in this, on the same spot. Every single step was backwards. So to make a save when you're doing it, going in that, that motion, it makes it much more difficult. But saying that, I don't think he can be excused because, yes, he did slip on his left foot, but his right hand was right there. He had a whole palm to get on the ball and he missed it and he just he misjudged it and I think it was a terrible mistake. But, um, like you say, if you don't score goals, you don't have a chance of winning, let alone, let alone drawing a game. Steve, I yeah. think you're. I was just gonna say, Steve. I think you're right when you're saying um, you don't know why people are like going at him extra hard. I know it's a little bit contradictory to what I was saying when it comes to the Ramsdale argument here, but I think it's time to be a little bit serious here. I think you know it's it's it's, it's probably because he's made a few mistakes recently. So it's almost like it's almost like oh, you've done it again now. People don't people. Don't forget what he's done in, in Europe, the past Maguire. Like, you, it sticks in your mind. Do you see what I mean? And unfortunately, despite having a really good season, we said it earlier on, right? 15 clean sheets or whatever in the Prem. It, it doesn't feel like it because you're thinking of the mistakes that he's made. Yeah, you've also got the fact that his contract's coming to an end. So there's a, an actual debate about whether or not the, the best paid goalkeeper in the world gets extended, which is a, a, a massive... Um, a massive decision that United need to make. And 
we've seen it under Sir Alex Ferguson, getting the right goalkeeper was everything. United weren't successful until we brought in Peter Schmeichel. We had Les Seelig, Jim Layton. We had, a, we had a handful of goalkeepers that weren't good enough. He gets in Peter Schmeichel. A year later, the, the Premier League trophy arrives with Cantona coming. We went from a team that was like well unpredictable to a team that was like a 1-0-0-0 kind of team. Cantona came, brought a bit of spark, and United started scoring goals and smacking teams about. And then when we lost Michael, Taibi, we went through a Bosnich. bit of a mad period of... You know, mm. Taibi and Bosnich and, and Bartes mm. and, and, and Tim Howard. Remember that? Roy Carroll. All the way until finding... Um, yeah, Roy Carroll. You know, so the goalkeeper is such an important position. It, it's not a position that you want rotating either. It's a weird one. Like People don't mind having a striker or a winger or even a central midfielder rotated. Centre-halves and goalkeeper kind of need to be playing 90 minutes week in, week out to get that sort of rhythm mm. together. I mean, Rio, talk to us a little bit here about the difference in playing in front of some of the goalkeepers before we got Edwin in, because the difference was quite stark. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> no, no disrespect to the goalkeepers. Like you say, Bartes, Carroll, Tim Howard, Thomas Kuschak even. But when Edwin came, it was like, it was like a calming presence. And I've, I've always loved that. Like, for instance, David Seaman with England was phenomenally calm. Understood the 18-yard box, knew his angles, knew the area. Calm voice, spoke when he needed to be, didn't waste any words. The same as Edwin. I didn't want an erratic, loud and like crazy goalkeeper. Sometimes you look round and you're thinking, I hope he's there. With those guys, you just I didn't even have to look round. I knew he was there. I knew where he is. I knew where Edwin was. And... Like, again, no disrespect to the other goalkeepers, Ed, especially Tim Howard. He ended up being like a top draw goalkeeper, but at Man United, it was just maybe the time when he was young and inexperienced, new country, new league, etc. Um, and it, and it big expectations after following and trying to find a goalkeeper after Schmeichel. So, it, it a lot of the things were went against him, but it's that calmness and and the calming authority that Edwin van der Sar had was was, was ridiculous. And I, I don't think you can put a a price on what that 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 is because it filters through the team. If your goalkeeper is anywhere near nervy at times or is lacking in any areas, that energy goes straight through the team, maybe quicker than any other position in the team, because it actually means a goal. 
it's a goal against. If he doesn't get it right, it's a goal against. Whereas other positions, there's, <coughs> there's, there's someone in the way who'll be able to maybe make up for that mistake somewhere. But with the goalkeeper, it's, that's it. It's last chance for Loon. Where's the vibes? Where's the energy, man? Like, no, I'm, it's tight. And, and Liverpool and City are the two most informed teams in the league at the moment. They're the, the only teams that are putting up like back-to-back-to-back-to-back wins. Um, United need to win three games. Now, going off the last six, the confidence in us doing that is is quite low. I think I think Liverpool stumble. Um, I don't think it'll be Southampton. It's odds against that it's going to be Leicester, so you, you're hoping that Villa can give them a bit of a bloody nose. But they've not looked unbeatable. In they've they've picked up wins, but they've not blown anyone away. They've been shaky in the games, but they've been picking up the wins. It's been almost the opposite of what United have been doing. United starting games, blowing teams away, and then absolutely crumbling in that game. And, and the way games are ending is almost like there's a little bit of a comparison with the entire season here for United. Like if United do manage to finish inside the top four, the way it's going, I don't anticipate us beating City in the FA Cup final. But if I'd have said to you at the start of the season, we're going to win a trophy, we're going to finish inside the top four in Ten Hag's first year, you'd have gone, bloody hell, he's done well there then, hasn't he? Tops. Don't do that, guys. You've got to be a realist, right? If you're going to be talking about your club in that set, you've got to be... Man United's aspirations at the beginning of the season were never to win the league. It was to be finishing in the top four. And if you've got a hand on your trophy, he's from the channel, whatever trophy it was. And that's where he's at. Hopefully, we finish the season and we finish top four. You can say, you know what, well done. Just because you start hovering around the top, you've got to still stay realistic if you're in a, a football club. You own the football. You've got to be realistic. Man United can't get out of their pram. New uh, recruitment uh, time this summer. Recruit well. And then you can look a bit further and beyond than what we did last start of last season. But to think that we're going to go, oh my God, we're so disappointed. We're not fighting for the league. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't the say you'd be so disappointed. I said there shouldn't be a sombre attitude. And I don't think players should be getting away with it as well. Oh yeah, because we had higher expectations. Let's not look at the performances from some of these individuals. Let's not look at who? wanting them. more from Jaden Sancho. Let's not look from wanting more from White Weghorst, who who is a loney that we brought in just wasn't John, good enough. Let's not look. These things no, aren't, no, aren't in isolation. Yeah. Maybe someone else will let you get away with it, but no, it's acceptable. Look at Arsenal. Should we not be disappointed that we haven't won the league? We should be if we don't win the league, that is. But at the same time, I, I get what you're saying. You know, if you know, we've done great, you know, but at some point we should be looking and going, it wasn't good enough to drop points against West Ham. It wasn't good enough to drop points against Liverpool. It wasn't good enough to drop points against Southampton. Like, it's okay to shift your goals. It's okay. So let's not pretend just to, to say face. To say you have heart attacks. <laughs> it's not about heart attacks. It's about standards changing. And Manchester United at, at one point were really showing us that, yeah, you know what, they've turned the corner. And it's yeah, not to say that that's over. Is, it's dealing with what you're thrown at over the course of the season. We had the personal problems Jaden Sancho had. We had Cristiano Ronaldo decide that he wanted to go and play in Saudi Arabia. We had the issues with having to drop our club captain. We had issues in pre-season about what's going to happen with Garnacho. We, we had um, injuries to both our first-choice centre-halves. Over the course of the season, Eric Ten Hag has dealt with a hell of a lot, as well as having to deal with the fact that we've played basically every three days since Christmas. 
know, where's the training ground time for us to be able to implement Ten Hag's style of play? What you're seeing at the moment is United reverting back to what they already know because we've not had enough time on the training ground to implement what the new gaffer wants. Fabulous point, Steve. Fabulous point, that one. Yeah, it's not good enough for Liverpool to come back from the position that they were in to be challenging you for top four. If you've been that's well, okay, Liverpool have been that, one of the best teams in the land about, for the last three or four lot, years. You've shown the consistency about, that's well, unseen. They've also had one game a week for about four months because they was out of everything. Out, out of everything, out. United have gone very far in all the cup competitions. We got to the final of two of them, and we got very close in Europa, which is about nine thousand games a season. You know, when, uh, with all the travel that's included in that as well, you've got to have a little bit of perspective. And the point I was making is we had such a great run and we probably peaked around about February kind of time where we was actually going and, and you know, we took it to Barcelona in the new Camp. You want to go and watch what they're doing to the Spanish league at the moment. Manchester United went and put it on them. So it's a great sign for the future and it's it should give the club a lot of confidence. But the way that we going to limp over the line, whether that's in fourth or in fifth, or third, I guess it's still a possibility. Whether that's in anywhere from third to fifth, the feeling is that we can't wait for the summer holidays. It just needs to end this season, get everyone in pre-season, figure out what's going on with the ownership, because that's a mental toll for the manager to deal with as well. He's going to be walking into Richard Arnold's office at the moment going, as you know, I need a striker. What can I spend on a striker? And I imagine Richard Arnold's going, no idea, mate. Can you imagine how stressful that is for a meticulous planner like Eric Ten Hag to not have any idea where he's going to be going, what direction? Is he going to have to try and keep Vegast around for next season because that's all that's in the budget? Or is he going to be able to go and blow £100 on a top-class striker and actually have Manchester United competing next year? What do you think of Vegas now you mentioned his name? What do you think of him? Because I was with Crouchy and Joe Cole yesterday and they were talking quite a lot about him. What do you think? He's not a finisher, is he? No. He's not. He's I not told you that team. 10 weeks ago, by the way. Um, I think I think the team plays better when he's in it, though, than the other options that we've got at the moment because there's not a lot of options. But there's there's just not enough goals. Bruno Fernandes is second highest scorer in the league, six goals or something. Jaden Sancho, third with five, who's four, had a disappointing four. season. Like... <clears throat> where's the rest of the goals? Arsenal are talking about Martinelli and, and Odegaard have both got 15 apiece. That alone right there could be the difference between where United are and where Arsenal are. He's just having more goals from the centre of the pitch. Yeah. And that doesn't I, include Nketiah. I, 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 I said it yesterday, like, about Reggles. For all of the running and hustling he does, his best, his best moment yesterday was a tackle in his own box. Yeah, and, but that's a number 10. That's the bit I, like, I just can't get my head around, like, it, I just think if I'm looking, if I'm looking at it, and I'm in that change room. I, I said this yesterday, and I'm Jaden Sancho, I'm Martial, I'm Ganacho, um, or Rashford, or Bruno. And if I'm not on the team, and and he's playing in the number ten slot, and I'm one of those creative players, I am throwing a wobbly. I'm knocking that manager's door down the next day and saying, whoa, 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 what's going on? Because he don't scream number ten. Like the way the where he plays, and I know he's in there for a different reason, but I'm not seeing him justify that that position and, and playing in there. Yesterday at Upton Park, I was like, and I've seen it a couple, a couple before, and I've seen that that work rate, etc. I understand it, but in that sense, but those guys have got to be looking at it and going, Jesus, like I've never known a number ten to play like that. 
And by the way, how am I not playing in front of that? It's, it's almost like you're looking at themselves and going, wow, what, where must I be? Ten Hag, innovator. Strikers with nah, no score. If it's anyone else but Ten Hag, you'll be criticising his tactics. He's got a lot to answer for that guy. And I'm Is it tactics? Him. I don't we'll, think it's we'll tactic. Review, we'll, re we'll review that guy in 12 months. Well, the tactic was but... either get Valt Vegast in because you're only going to get a loan in in January. Listen, Manchester United lost Cavani, Cristiano Ronaldo, Mason Greenwood, and basically haven't had Anthony Martial for an entire season. You tell me any other team that deals with losing four strikers in one window or in one season and gets the opportunity to replace them with Valt Vegast. Look at Surely there how were better options, that would be doing if he had Valt Vegast up front this season. Yeah, but surely there were there must have been one better option, Steve. That's How? all I'm saying. I'm asking, I, mean, I don't know. What's got He's got eight goals to his name. He'd be our second leading scorer. He's only played about ten games, right? You've got um, Haaland in there. who has got thirty-five goals. You add any of those goals into Manchester United, and we're in a different position. Sums and up Man United, is, isn't it? Going into this close season, Eric Ten Hag, meticulous planner, is one of the things that we know about him. Must be absolutely doing his nothing, not knowing yeah. which way it's going to go with the owners. You know, he's going to have to work on having no money. Is it Charlie McNeil up front for him next season, mm. or is it Harry Kane up front for him next season? The, the idea that you've got to try and plan on those things, he'll be planning training sessions now for August. I'm so certain of it. How does he plan effectively, not knowing who's his number nine going to be? Mm. Nightmare Glazers are screwing us, even if they're still here. What did Joe Cole and Crouchy say about him? Real. Similar, they just like, they couldn't understand it. Just like you saw the difference when, when Martial comes on, like straight one, twos in and around the box, just a little bit more of a threat and that guy all around the box. And I, I mean, like, if you want to play into him and play off him, surely you put him a bit higher up the pitch and get another player running off him from number 10 spot instead of him being the person having to join things and uh, from, from that from that area. But I don't know, man. I mean, he scored goals at his previous clubs other than Burnley. I just can't see, understand why he just isn't doing that and he hasn't fallen for him here. Maybe because it worked against Barcelona, he thought, let's carry it on. I don't know. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Let's move on now. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting down, man. As you Frank got be. his first win, by the way. Frank got his first win, Steve. <laughs> Do you know what? Congratulations to Frank Lampard. He's done a stellar job keeping Chelsea up. Uh, we didn't know he had it in him. Um, so well done. No, I think I think um, I'm happy for him because I started feeling sorry for him. Rio. Like honestly, mm. like every I like Frank Lampard as a player. We were saying on the show on the take on. I guess maybe the issue is just like the fans who love Frank Lampard. It's hard to differentiate between the player and the manager. I think as a player, we know it was absolutely fantastic. I think as a manager, let's be honest, it hasn't really been great, has it? Uh, but I'm 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 glad he's got the win. And Chelsea are safe now. They can't get relegated. And um, again, massive props. To, it's the truth. Like, if it were not for the two points... This situation, isn't it? It's crazy. I'm hard for two teams in the relegation battle this season. That's some going, that is. I just think it's difficult to see a friend in that position struggling like that. It's hard, man. So I was delighted for him to get the win. I said this to Ash on our, on our podcast, the, the, the flagship podcast of this channel. Um, I don't even dislike Frank Lampard. Like I, I've, you know, I've met him and I thought he was sound. Um, I really rated him as a footballer. You I, never don't know it. Funny. I don't know why it's funny to me that he's so poor as a manager. Maybe it's the, the, the media sort of 
I think Roy Keane nailed it, didn't he, where he says he doesn't really get why Lampard's doing well and, and some of the managers get hammered. Uh, maybe it's that. Because I've got no Ill, Ill will towards him, but I do enjoy watching him lose. Conor Gallagher, baller. Cardio Viking. The guy's not messing around. Well, he scored one goal, hasn't he? He's done all right. It's a good goal. Lovely head up, to be fair to him. But he's fighting for to stay at the club, I think. I think he's fighting, along with this, a few other players there, fighting to stay under this new ownership. The new manager comes in. I think he's got a... He's, he's still got a lot to do as well, like like some of the others, to pr- prove and, and to say, listen, I should be here next year. Um, obviously, a local lad, he's a young player that's come through the academy, so I'm sure he'd love to stay there. But um, it'll be interesting this summer to see what happens. Uh, City beating Leeds 2-1. Pep Guardiola fuming. His barled was red because uh, Gundogan tried to get a hat-trick uh, misses the penalty and obviously Leeds put them under pressure with Rodrigo scoring. Um, Haaland deemed unprofessional by one of the journalists post match. I, I don't think I don't think he's unprofessional. I don't know. I, I just look at it and think, would the top goal scorers in years gone by would they have give over that penalty? Cristiano definitely is not giving that penalty to someone else. Ruud van Nistelrooy ain't giving that penalty to someone else. Like the killers, man. I don't. I don't see him doing that. I just. Don't, I don't think they'll do it. Suarez, I think, just takes the penalty, man. Just give me the ball. Like well, Joel's disappeared. <laughs> let's just leave him out of this anyway. It's better. Better. Better without him. This segment. Better without him. But at the same time, the geezer's probably thinking, "I'm. I'm going to get seventy goals this season. What's the. What's the rush, guys? What's the rush? That's what he's probably thinking. Pep, sit down, chill out, have a fag, relax yourself, man. I got this." If we needed to score a third, I'd just bang it in. Not a problem. I'd just carry a few centre-halves around the pitch and slap it in the back of the net. That's what he's thinking. Who's this Allardyce? He's chatting in the press conference, Allardyce. Who, who's that? Tell him to sit down, Pep. That's what he's probably thinking. I was going to ask you about that. What's your thoughts on what um, Big Sam said? Well, I just saw what was put out there. I didn't see the whole interview. So I need to check the whole interview before I go two-footed into it. But I don't know. <laughs> you, you can't come out spouting what he spouted. What I saw was he said that basically that there's no difference between him and Pep and um, Klopp. Um, there is a lot. And I'll tell you, there's a big difference between him and Pep and, and Klopp. Them guys win trophies. Simple as that. Oh, oh. Before I forget, um, your argument with Simon Jordan. Daddy Murphy said, yeah, that he's only seen him concede to an argument twice. And once was once was with him, and the second one was with you. Um, you were really classy with your tweets, Rio. What inspired you? No, I was. We were talking in the group, remember? And I just think like I don't understand. Martin Keown could never say that you're a winning team if you don't win. I don't understand that. And it, or, or, we're creating a winning mentality. I get that. We're creating something. We're we're, we're becoming winners. We can sense it now. I get that. But not we are winners. We're a team of winners now. These men haven't won nothing. Your team ain't won nothing yet. Until you get your hands on, on something, the league title, you need to get your hands on that and go, yeah, we're winners. And then you can go like that. Okay, they understand how to do it. They've, they've, they've run the course of, the, of, the, of, the, of the, the marathon. They've got to the end of it. They've lifted the trophy. They've created that winning mentality, that environment. And yeah, they can go forward. And for, for Simon Jordan to jump on the bandwagon, he, he tried to hammer you lot as well, called you lot like yes-men type things. I couldn't believe it. And you lot ain't said nothing. I don't understand it. 
You know, called like, acolytes. Be called yes acolytes. Men, it, it could be the furthest thing from a yes man. <laughs> but that's what he tried to he, he's alluded to that so i think you need to step up and answer yourself boys but yeah <laughs> he, he he's tried to throw a few grenades but in the end he's had to kind of just calm himself down and just plot back down and get back into that studio at talk sport and chill out a little bit because he understand winning winner, winners are only talking over here they're not talking in talk sport arsenal um beating newcastle uh, you had West Ham beating United. You had Frank Lampard finally getting a win. City beating Leeds. Tottenham beat Crystal Palace. Um, Liverpool beating Brentford 1-0. Um, I've seen everyone getting a bit giddy about Trent's new position. He's still playing right back. He's just inverting a little bit alongside Fabinho when they've got the ball. Um, I've now actually started seeing people saying that Trent should play number six for England. I can't stop laughing. Uh, the, the suggestion that he's got anywhere like the the awareness to play central midfield. I think you took him out at right back to to deal with the consequences of his um, defending and and how he he shapes it up. I think the awareness that you need to play number six is arguably greater than you need for playing in um, right back. I think with the ball, he's unquestionable. The geezer's just got a radar boot. It's phenomenal what he does with the ball. Like how he finds passes and angles that he does is just a joke. Um, I just think defensively, I think it's been well documented. He hasn't been up to it this season, or maybe even a bit longer than that. He hasn't fine-tuned his game defensively and improved at the rate he has with the ball without it. And I think if he balances that up, you've got a top class, top he's a top player anyway, but you've got you've got a, a, a real ridiculous weapon if you could if you balance both sides of the game up, and that's where probably at the moment. He's let himself down. But inside the pitch, a lot of people questioned. I think Gary Lineker was always saying he can play midfield, play midfield. He's not playing there right now. He's, he's moving into those areas, a bit like John Stones is doing for City, but he is creating problems for our opposition team with his passing. But let's see how it goes. I mean, it's, the, the pressure's off now. It's a difference, isn't it? The pressure's off. They're not playing for anything, really. They're trying to get in top four, but the pressure's been off the last five, six games for them. So... It's different proposition when you're going for titles. Would, would he have moved him in there if he was going for the title? Before we go, I want to quickly look at the EA Premier League team of the season. Um, overall, it was okay. I think there's still a, a few questionable decisions. Aram's going goal, 13 clean sheets. Kieran Trippier, William Saliba, Ruben Diaz, Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Casemiro, Odegaard, Salah, Haaland and Rashford make the team. People I, would, I, would, I would have had Nathan Aki in centre half instead of Diaz. I prob probably have. I probably. Yeah. I think that you've got a good argument, a strong case to put Saka in there on the right instead of Salah. But Salah's the amount of goals he scored this season has been a joke, and hasn't hasn't really even got going. And he's been in a poor team. Um, but I would have. I would argue Saka will be another argument to a case to be putting on the right hand side. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen goals, eleven assists. You know, um, yeah, I think Rodri is a little bit unlucky missing out as well because the. Well, is Rodri not in there? Nah, Casemiro took his place instead. I think I'd put Rodri in there instead of Casemiro. Based on the, what, what Rodri's done and how important he is to that team as well, and what his performances this season have been a joke. Casemiro, don't get me wrong, is a top, top, top player. Great player, I love him. But if you're going to go player of this in terms of team of the season, I don't think you can have that team of the season without Rodri in it. I think he's probably one of the first three. He'll be one of my first three names on the sheet. 
Who's the other one in there? Casemiro, Odegaard, and De Bruyne. Yeah. yeah. So Martinelli misses out. Uh, Rodri misses out. Saka misses out. Casemiro missed eight games due to suspensions this year. My mm. gosh. That's that's what I think would keep keep him out of my team of the year, the suspensions mm-hmm. as well. Steve, do you agree? Yeah, it does look like this is the official team, by the way. I was just having a quick look at it. Um, I think Trippier is an absolute shoo-in. I think he's been fantastic. Diaz is a strange one. I'm not sure what's happened there with him um, being voted in for that. Um, Odegaard, I think I've been saying all season, he's the one that makes you lot tick. Um, and he, he's been fantastic. Salah should be in there as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a, that's probably about the team of the season, I would say. Mm. It's a, it's a tricky one, man. For like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Saka missing out doesn't sit too well with me. Not because I'm a Saka fan, but I just think surely what you, eleven assists counts for something as well, right? Yes, we know. Has he been better than Salah? No. Next question. Yes, <laughs> I think he has, and I think when you look at where we are in the in the league table, we wouldn't be there if it weren't for Saka. And Liverpool won't be fifth either if it weren't for him. What's the point? Oh, come on, man. You know what I mean, Steve. If you don't, it's up to you. I say <laughs> Stacker goes in. Simple as. All right. Cool. Bowler spoken. Shut up. Guys, thank you very much for joining us on this oh, week's Five with Five. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the coronation. Hope you guys are having a great bank United holiday. United. United. Come on, we'll win this next three games. Next three games done and dusted. Liverpool fans, back in your pram. See you later. It's sad. It's sad. Joel Bayer, Rio Ferdinand and Stephen House and somehow trying to back United when there's nothing to play for no more. Signing out. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.